from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This is Amarin, Illinois, moving in the right direction. We're planting black-eyed Susans, purple cone flower, cardinal flower. These species actually choke out those non-native woody species that we don't want. We offer little free packets of seed that you know we'll plant a 10 foot by 10 foot square area. So if you've got a spot in your garden, um, in your backyard, and you're like, hmm, maybe I could use some pollinating insects to help my garden along this year. What did it take to get Amarin on board to try this back when it was still more of an experiment? It's a win-win for everyone. I'm Sarah Fenske. For the past five years, Ameren, Illinois, has been working to better use acreage that most of us seldom think about, if we think about it at all. It's been focused on 175 acres alongside power lines, the right-of-ways that are necessary for the power grid but aren't fit for human habitation. But just because humans can't live there doesn't mean they're useless. As Ameren's collaboration with the conservation nonprofit Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever demonstrates. And joining us today to explain more is Preston Chapman. He is a biologist with Pheasants Forever and Quails Forever, which is a nonprofit based in Minnesota. Preston, welcome. Hello. And we're also joined today by Rick Johnson. He's the vegetation manager for Ameren, Illinois. Rick, welcome. Hello. So, Rick, right-of-ways along power lines cover a lot of ground. We're apparently talking 9 million acres across the U.S. What is Ameren doing with these particular 175 acres in Illinois? Well, actually, uh, we're very proud uh, where it's practical. Uh, What we want to do is to promote and maintain natural habitat and native species to Illinois on on those electric right-of-ways. So, Totally, we have about 43,700 square miles within our service territory. So that's a really large footprint, and we just uh, really want to protect that biodiversity wherever we can. And, when and so you, where it is, where, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so when you're sort of uh, protecting that na- natural habitat, how do you go about doing that? Sure. So wherever it's practical, we want to remove incompatible, non-native woody species that are growing and encroaching on those right-of-ways. So what we do is it's a pretty extensive uh, program. We go in and remove uh, species such as Elanthus, the bush honeysuckle that we see so much you know, out there, and just prep the, the ground and get it ready to accept pollinator supporting plants that are native to to southern and central Illinois. And where it's really great is that those pollinator species, they attract uh, species like the monarch butterfly, honeybees, and other pollinators. So we're really excited about that, uh, getting that opportunity to, to do that. So Preston, you're involved in this as a biologist. What kind of native plants are being added back to these areas where maybe they grew long before these invasive species took over? Uh, the main species that we're trying to put back out on the landscape is uh, milkweed. Uh, milkweed is a great food source and structure for nesting habitat for the monarch butterfly as it migrates north and south through Illinois uh, on these um, corridors. 
the other species, you know, we're, we're planting black-eyed Susans, purple cone flower, cardinal flower, uh, just to name a few of them. Um, we like to at least have three blooming flowers during the spring season, the summer season, and the fall season, so that there's a little bit of everything for a lot of the different species that use these corridors uh, throughout the season. And so, Preston, are you seeing in these corridors uh, where the invasive species are ripped out, the native plants are coming in, are you seeing a difference in what sort of animals and and insects are moving in? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I've actually been able to watch one of these projects grow from 2018 to now um, on my own family farm, and we're seeing monarchs galore there where at one point in time you know if i seen a monarch caterpillar you know it was like oh man look at this you know we we found something uh now it's just like oh there's another one uh, which is pretty neat and so preston do you have to have a certain amount of acreage um that's that's devoted to this in order for it to make a difference i mean can you just do like a little right of way here and there and that works or does it have to be something contiguous no, every little um, tenth of an acre, you know, 10 by 10 square foot spot in your backyard counts. Uh, the more habitat, the more areas that we can create for these pollinators, these migratory species, uh, the better. So, you know, any any amount works really good. So I'm curious to hear more about Preston's family farm, but I, I got to bring Rick back in here because I'm I'm curious how this ends up working out for Amarin. You know, we might think of like neatly grown lawns as being the non-native species, and then we're talking about milkweed and, and wildflowers. Does this make it harder for Amarin to keep this maintained in the way that you need to do for these power lines? Great question. Actually, it, it helps us maintain them because what happens is that these species actually choke out those non-native woody species that we don't want. And so it's very cost-effective to our customers. It benefits them. It also benefits the wildlife. So it's it's just a great opportunity to, to help out. It's, it's also very important to note that it's, it's safe uh, for our, our linemen. You know, think of... Uh, them having to travel out on a right-of-way at 2 or 3 in the morning, uh, they'd much rather traverse through these pollinator species instead of, you know, thorny locust trees and, and you know, thick uh, honeysuckle and things like that. So it's, it's a safety aspect that, that we're excited about. And like I mentioned before, it's a cost savings to our customers because we really don't have to spend the dollars and, and the effort uh, to keep it maintained once we get it established. So it's a win-win for everyone. So, Rick, when we're thinking about these rights-of-ways, uh, these aren't just things that are maybe like running along on nice flat ground. Is this something that, that can get dangerous for these guys? Right. So it's, it's, that's true. I mean, it's not exactly, uh, you know, the terrain. We have a lot of different types of terrain in Illinois. Uh, some people may think it's, it's generally flat, but, you know, you start to get around the Mississippi River corridor, you know, especially down in southern Illinois with the Shawnee National Forest, and uh, even close to the St. Louis metro area, there's a lot of bluff uh, acreage, you know, a lot of bluff terrain habitat. So, again, if we can get these pollinator species established on that rough terrain, all the better. Uh, it's just easier on, on us to, to keep that maintained. 
Yeah, so this uh, this is one of these rare win-win situations. Exactly. This is something that works for everybody. And yet I imagine, like many win-win situations, people maybe had to be persuaded to give this a chance. So, Preston, you mentioned this family farm. This is in Pinckneyville, Illinois. Um, this was one of the early projects for Ameren. How did this come about? Uh, so it... It came about, I was actually working in Missouri at the time, um, but I had a, a co-worker now, a friend of mine, that had said, hey, you know, Ameren's partnering with uh, Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever to try to get pollinators back out. You have a power line running through your farm, don't you? And I said, yeah, we do, uh, but we just, we you know, we mow it. You know, that was kind of what we did so we could travel through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we don't really do anything with it. What's up? He said, well, they want to put pollinators out there. And so, you know, I'm conservation minded and, you know, a biologist by trade and the, you know, just the thought of, you know, man, we're, this would actually be cool because we're going to put, you know, wildlife habitat back out here. And, you know, now we don't have to mow it every year to continue to use this. So again, you know, like a win-win for Amron and for the wildlife, it was a win-win for, for me to try to persuade my dad to say, yeah, let's, let's try this. And was your dad initially a little bit skeptical? Yeah, he was a little skeptical. Um, the, you know, he like, like a lot of folks, just wanted to be on his lawnmower, uh, mowing, mowing it down. But, um, and he was also worried about the underbrush growing back. But, you know, to this day, the, the hardest thing we've had to deal with is, you know, a tree getting blown over here or there along the, the one edge where the woods, woods line is. So, you know, it's, it's five years in and, We've done no management to it uh, in the past five years. Wow. So how does your dad feel about this today? Uh, he really likes it. Um, you know, we've we've put other pollinator plots in across our property, you know, two acres here, three acres there, and, and corners where the, the farm ground wasn't great. Uh, but, you know, he's he's really taken a hold of it and really has really kind of been a, a, a patron of it in the fact that he's gone around and told his friends about you know, how this has reduced, you know, maintenance across the landscape for a lot of these rough areas. And I've actually got two or three more projects uh, in hand because of him talking to his friends. So word yeah. of mouth is a big way of, to spread this. Yeah, Preston, I understand your job now is to help land, landowners restore and create these native habitats. Are you able to point to, hey, you know, my dad didn't want to do this. Now he loves it. Yeah, yeah, I know that's, that's a huge selling point to uh to get that out and i actually was hoping to have him out to be able to hop on here today but he wasn't unfortunately not able to um just because you know hearing it from a biologist or hearing it from a person like rick um you know somebody saying hey this is great is okay but until you actually hear it from another landowner who has improved their landscape because of it uh Mm -hmm. that's that's really big so, Rick, there's also another side of this, and that's that Ameren um, had to get on board for this. And, you know, utility companies have good reason to be risk averse. Like, you guys can face fines of up to a million dollars a day if you let the vegetation in these right-of-ways get out of control. What did it take to get Ameren on board to try this back when it was still more of an experiment? Well, it was really, it was really pretty easy because it, it made such great sense. I mean, you know, we, we came up with a process to eliminate uh, a lot of cost. It, it created a safer environment, you know, for our, our coworkers and, and, and even the public, you know, that might be out there. Um, 
we like to do a lot of pilots, and so we did that. And it's just it seems like it's really working out well for us. It it uh, it was a great uh, initiative, you know, that we took on, and uh, very excited about it. So. So we reached out to the Sierra Club Illinois, not always the hugest fan of Ameren or other uh, power companies. A spokesperson for the Sierra Club Illinois told us these programs are useful. Uh, They added that hopefully Ameren will embrace clean energy models in Illinois. They added the fact that utilities are continuing to emit pollution and fossil fuels is one of the leading problems contributing to climate change. For that reason, utilities need to work towards a cleaner future for our environment. So that's their perspective on this. They can't say anything bad about this project, at least. So that's a win. Well, that's great. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, again, this is this is Ameren, Illinois, moving in the right direction, right? So um, we're 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 taking care of wildlife. We're taking care of our right of ways. It's it's just a fantastic program, and uh, I think that this is a strong initiative uh, for us heading and you know heading and, and continuing to head into the right direction. So, Preston, you mentioned that we don't need acres and acres like your family farm in Pinckneyville to do this. This is something I can do in my little city backyard. Uh, What would be your tip for somebody who'd like to start a better habit for pollinators in their own backyards? Uh, First step would be try to reach out to a a Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever biologist. Uh, There's seven of us scattered across Illinois and I, I believe 10 across Missouri. Um, we're just a, a click away, a phone call away, and we'd be happy to uh, talk to you or talk to a landowner about what they can do to improve it. Um, you know, we, we offer little free packets of seed that, you know, we'll plant a 10 foot by 10 foot square area. So if you've got a spot in your garden, um, in your backyard, and you're like, hmm, maybe I could use some pollinating insects to help my garden along this year, you know, that's always a great thing to plant. And it's a one-time plant and done, and those pollinators come back year after year. Hmm. So it's a, it's a really easy, you know, thing to cultivate. So that's a free packet. That's from Pheasants Forever and, and Quails Forever. Uh, we can have details of those on our website, stlonair.show, for people who are interested in that. It's interesting just how intense people are, you know, free giveaways just to get you to do something better with your backyard. Preston, this issue of, of creating better habitats for pollinators, this is really important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the monarch butterfly was at one point threatened, I believe it still is, out in California for that subspecies of the monarch uh, that travels the western corridor of the United States. Um, But over the past five years, really since this pollinator initiative has grown across the country, uh, we've seen an uptick in uh, just the number of monarchs, you know, across the country, which is really exciting and it's a win for conservation. Well, it's great to hear about something moving in the right direction. Again, a win-win with this program we're talking about today. We need more of that. We especially need it on a gloomy Thursday. So I'm so grateful you two were both able to join us and and tell us more about this program. Uh, Preston Chapman, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. And Preston is a biologist with Pheasants Forever and Quails Forever. Again, if you want to look up that company, they're offering you a free little starter kit to do this in your own backyard. Uh, You don't need to have a a power line right of way like Ameren, Illinois has. But hey, 175 acres, that is something to be proud of. Rick Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. And Rick is the vegetation manager for Ameren, Illinois. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. 
St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.